Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? You're Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center where the Rockets beat the Warriors tonight 135 to 105. First of four here on the homestand out of the All-Star break for Golden State and Whitey Gleason. This game really just boiled down to two things, I think, tonight. The Rockets 25 for 49 from three-point range, while the Warriors knocked down just 7 of 33 from distance, and the Warriors 23 turnovers, leading to 31 Rockets points. Uh, Rockets led by as many as 35. They go on and win by 30, and the Rockets' small ball lineup just uh, tough on the Warriors tonight. I was disappointed because neither of our keys to victory was embraced by the Warriors. I talked about the opportunity to put up some big rebounding numbers against a Rockets team that doesn't rebound very well. The Warriors did out-rebound the Rockets, but uh, 43-36. to And I believe your key, if I'm not mistaken, had to do with getting to the foul line, as the Warriors did successfully against the Rockets on Christmas Day. But tonight, the Dubs got to the, I call it the charity stripe, uh, only 12 times 10 to 12. So uh, that didn't help either. You're absolutely right. The key to the game was a three-point shooting. That said, what did you make of Russell Westbrook, the instigator? Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that. There was the original incident with, what, Jordan Poole, right? Was it Jordan Poole or Damian Lee? It was Damian Lee. Damian Lee. Just kind of caught an elbow under the basket. Uh, Westbrook kind of threw a little bit of a chicken wing behind him, caught Damian Lee maybe in the sternum, and Lee you know, threw his head back a little bit. And then things, they didn't really escalate from there, but they kind of simmered. Yeah, and you had Westbrook uh, holding the ball after Austin Rivers had, you know, the drive attempt, and Juan Toscano Anderson rips the ball yeah, away, and then right. there's uh, some some jawing back and forth going on, and then Russell Westbrook decides uh, he's going to just go post up right in front of the Warriors bench. Starts and chirping at everybody on the bench. Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson there. Uh, as well, it wound up being Westbrook who picked up a technical foul, his second technical foul of the game. So because of that, the second technical on that exchange that we just described, he wound up being ejected in all of this. He has an NBA leading 13 technical fouls 
uh, on the season. To me, I mean, much ado about nothing. I know there was the, the viral clip of, of him just kind of yapping at both Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins like, huh, what, what, what right. is going on? He, and Clay he seemed Thompson, like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. Yeah, In, in vintage Clay Thompson form, just kind of kicked back, hands in pockets, almost laughing mm -hmm. at, at Westbrook. Uh, the one thing I will say, and look, the Rockets won this game by 30, and it's a, a down season for the Warriors. But given all of the battles that the Warriors have had, not only with the Rockets, but with Westbrook during his time in Oklahoma City, and even Kevin Durant's time when he was with Westbrook uh, in Oklahoma City, uh, there are a handful of players, and Westbrook is one of them, that, boy, they, they just see the Warriors' jersey, and it sets something off in them that you just don't see. Well, it was interesting when he was leaving the Warrior bench, he kind of, I don't know, threw a shoulder is too strong of a term, but he had a little bump for, for Kevon Looney. Looney yeah. and I, Because I think Looney had stepped up on him on the floor before things got to the bench. But the, the weirdest thing of all of that is Westbrook, as you said, Westbrook deciding as people were coming out, trying to make sure things didn't get out of hand. He goes over and stands right next to the bench. That's just classic, classic Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it is. And I think, look, you know, it also – we should point out, you know, the Warriors at this point, I mean, they're taking notes, right? I mean, for next year. Right. And it's, you know, right. a big storyline from this year is obviously the Warriors with all the injuries and everything, they are where they are, and they're now 12-44 and 44 through 56 games with 26 to go. And the Rockets are battling for position in the playoffs, but next year the Warriors believe they're going to be good. And so it, it's interesting to watch how teams act around the Warriors and to the Warriors during this year because right. there are going to be some teams and some individual players that are maybe going to bite off a little more uh, than they can handle when it gets run back next year. The Warriors have closer to, to the team that they've been used to having the last The few humiliation years. that the Warriors have served up to so many foes is still fresh obviously, in the minds of many of those players, including Russell Westbrook. You made a really interesting point during the contest. Uh, you said to me, you know, Andrew Wiggins had a, a, another pretty good game, 22 points, 10 to 17, made two of four threes. And it was interesting. You said he's not a guy that fills up the stat sheet. And Tom Tolbert was talking about this after the game as well. Do you realize that the Warriors, they had 25 assists tonight, um, Wiggins was the only guy who didn't have an assist. Yeah, Isn't that interesting? It is. I, and when look, when he gets the ball, he's looking to score it. And I think a lot of times where he's gotten the ball, he's been in pretty good position to make his own move. I think that's a dynamic. Look, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a big assist guy necessarily. His assists this year were up. They actually had him running point a little bit. but Yeah, but I, I, I see your point. I, I think – you know, on this team, it's going to be the simple pass. And it may not be a lot of actual assists, but it may be assists that lead to assists when the ball movement and Clay and Steph and everybody are, are back next year. Uh, but I, I think all in all, though, I think this is another solid game. It wasn't I do the, too. the level of impact that maybe it was against the Suns. But oh, I he think, had a great game against the Suns. Yeah, but another solid game. But, yeah. uh, you know, the Laker game was pretty solid. I think if you had to, to rank the four at this point, maybe the Miami game was the, the, the one that you'd put at the bottom of the list. Uh, but I, I think, you know, a quiet 22 on, on 17 shots, knocked down a couple of threes again. I, I think what you're starting to see, did have a couple of blocked shots. Mm -hmm. What you're starting to see is, and ask yourself is, a night, are nights like tonight going to be good enough 
with everything else the Warriors are going to have around him. And I think the question on a lot of nights or the answer to that question is going to be yes. Yeah, I think so because he's going to be getting so much help. Now, as I said, uh, zero assists. If you just look at the box score, hmm, that looks, uh, looks curious, pardon me. But at no time watching him play tonight did I think, wow, he should pass the ball. Yeah, he's pounding it. Boy, yeah. he's over dribbling Did it. not feel that way and, at all. And you think of all of the nights just, again, because they were traded for each other. You watched D'Angelo Russell Ooh. and you thought, boy, he's just pounding it and pounding yeah. it. Yeah. Different style of player, uh, obviously. But but yeah, I think you know Wiggins is a, and it, he is somebody that even on a night like tonight where the Warriors are, are down double digits and twenty plus really for a majority of the night. I mean it was thirty five eleven at one point very early in the game. The Warriors were down by as many as thirty five. They lose by thirty. But even on a night like tonight, just watching how Wiggins interacts and and, and is able to you know get his. Uh, shots up and where he gets them and and is he active defensively? I, I you know I thought they had him on James Harden a little bit. Yes, uh, yes. Tonight, to start the game, and yeah. And they're almost they're almost telling him, hey, let's see who you can guard. I, I think on a night in night out basis, he was on Booker, he was on LeBron, he was mm-hmm. on uh, Anthony Davis and a couple of switches in that first Laker game. I think the you know Jimmy Butler was somebody that he defended a little bit in the Miami game. Steve too. Chris talked about that. We can put him on the other team's best offensive player. But just giving him the opportunity to do it, pass or fail, you're you're just looking at what he can contribute on that end of the floor. Uh, you know, for next year. And it's just you got test case after test case after test case every single night. Yeah, he had a pretty solid game. Um, and you also had decent nights. Jordan Poole had 19 tonight. He got off to a dreadful start, had a decent night. Pascal had a nice night with 12 points and seven rebounds. And Juan Toscano-Anderson with 10 points tonight off the Warrior bench. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out where he fits. I don't know that he does. I just think it's kind of a cool story. You know, that's where I am with him. It's like, oh, that's really nice that he's doing that. Good for him. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right uh, about that. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr as he met with the media here after the ball game tonight as the Warriors found themselves losing to the Rockets by 30. How much were the Rockets able to space the floor? You saw the 25 threes. How much were they able to just do what they wanted to do? Yeah, they took it to us. They were great uh, tonight right from the beginning. Um, 38-17 at the end of the first quarter. So we were uh, swimming upstream the rest of the game. But uh, uh, they yeah they're tough. I mean they've you know they've uh, eliminated the the center position. They got five shooters out there and a couple of great guards who can come downhill at you and put a lot of pressure on you. So tough team. I think a lot of people talk about the offense with them going small, but defensively did that cause some additional problems for you guys with the twenty three turnovers and them being able to close out on shooters? Yeah, you know. Uh, They've they've played uh, the same style of defense the last few years uh, with all the switching, and they have a lot of a lot of guys who are strong, uh, so that on the switches they don't uh, they don't give up much uh, down in the paint. And uh, I thought in the first half, our guys once the, once they got the switch, they were trying to post up too much, and that's that's kind of falling you know falling into their trap. And uh, we did a better job in the second half of. Uh, 
you know, spacing the floor and, and attacking the gaps and, and uh, getting better looks. But, you know, we're a young team, and, and I thought we uh, we looked young tonight. Uh, we looked inexperienced and made a lot of mistakes at both ends. But I thought Houston uh, had a lot to do with that. They were, they were terrific. Um, last time you played the Rockets, James only had – didn't have any free throw attempts. Now, tonight, I think you believe he had 15. How do you – try to keep him off the line and why didn't you guys do that tonight well the other time was more the exception you know this is more the rule he's he's usually going to get to the line you know you try to keep him under double figures and um, I think we fouled him on three three point shots uh, tonight and uh, that's nine free throws right there so we were undisciplined I think um, Jordan uh, one time was on him and and he, he kept you know reaching his hand in there and James was just waiting and on the fourth reach he rose up and drew the foul and Jordan's a rookie and and um, you know he he got got caught with his his hand in the cookie jar so to speak so um, you you have to learn that you have to feel that and and uh, hopefully when when Jordan uh, plays against him next year. Um, he will be improved, as will all of our young players, and uh, we'll be able to defend him better without fouling. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough job. Do you have any idea of what went on there late in the game that resulted in Russ getting the ejection? I don't. Yeah. Coach, I know you talked a little bit about uh, Andrew Wiggins and what he's meant to this team. How much fun has it been for you to see him and working with the younger guys and getting a chance to kind of integrate himself into the system? Yeah, I mean, it's only been four games, and, and um, you know, one thing that's been apparent right away is he, he picks everything up very quickly. Um, he, uh, he's had no problem um, memorizing and recognizing the, the plays. When we call plays out of a timeout, he's in the right spot every time. Um, so he understands exactly what he's uh, supposed to do out there and what we're trying to do. And... Uh, it's been great, you know. I mean, he's uh, he's a talented player. puts the ball in the basket, runs the floor, and and uh, does a lot of good things for us. Is the first game back after the All Star break ever a, a mystery? And and the Rockets are a good team, but are you surprised by the way your team started this game? Uh, yeah, I thought we'd be a little sharper. You know, we had uh, two good days of practice, and uh, the turnovers in the first quarter just killed us. I think we had nine in the first quarter, and. Um, so to fall fall down by 21 points, um, largely because of those turnovers, was disappointing. But again, I, I give uh, give the Rockets a lot of credit. Wiggins has had some tough defensive assignments, like LeBron, Devin Booker tonight with uh, Harden. What what's been your impression of him on that end of the floor so far? I think he's very good defensively. Um, you know, he defends his position well. He uses his length. Um, you know the, the the good thing for us is we can we can sort of plug him in and um, and just put him on the the um, any of the perimeter players that we want um, and and that's a that's a really valuable um, a dynamic for a, to to have in a player and especially because we've got the same dynamic with Clay and so to have that kind of uh, yeah, duplicity with those two two guys going into next year will be. Uh, good for us because we can mix and match, and and neither guy will ever be overpowered, you know, physically. So um, he's a, he's he's an excellent defender and and uh, does a lot of good things. I, I think 
I told the, the TNT crew before the game, I, now that I've seen him play, um, I feel like people have focused now the last couple of years on everything Andrew can't do, that they've forgotten all the things that he can do. So he's one of those guys who <clears throat> he's, uh, people have said he's overrated now for a couple of years, and, and he's, he's become underrated. Because you look at what he does, you look at his size, you look at um, the way he defends. Guy's a damn good NBA player. And um, it seems like people have forgotten that. People have said he's overrated so much that now he's underrated. Mm, Was that coach speak? You buying that? I may buy that a little bit. Uh, I, I think it also is just how a player can fit with the talent that's going to be around him. But I think there's been some very positive signs in the early going with Wiggins because he's been effective in a way that is conducive to him continuing to be effective even when Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are back. Next year, Wiggins is going to be the Warriors, what, third best, fourth best player? Yeah, probably their third best offensive player. Yeah, overall, though, would you say? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. If you have a team and you have Andrew Wiggins and he's your fourth best player, you got a pretty good team. you got you got all the talent on your team. Yeah, you do. And, you know, I want to go back quickly to the point that Steve Kerr made about the defense and being able to, to plug him in on, you know, a, a two-guard or a point guard or a small forward and, and the ability to do that with Clay as well when both of those guys are playing, Clay Thompson – you know, the other thing that that does, and this is where the Warriors have, have really been able to, to help themselves over the years, is it, it also allows you to hide lesser defenders yeah. when you have two guys that, that can really take two of the, you know, two of the offensive threats on another team. You can take another player at another position or two, and you can, you can shift your defense to a point where you've You've, you've sure. got your bases covered. Depending on who you're playing, but yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it gives you flexibility, and I think the Warriors have made a lot of having that flexibility against a lot of teams. Now, you're right. You can't do that against everybody, and the, I, I think the later you go in the playoffs, the harder that is to do because the better teams are obviously going to have fewer weaknesses. But the Warriors have, have been pretty shrewd at how they've – and at times they've had, you know, a Clay Thompson and a Kevin Durant and an Iguodala and a Draymond who's a defensive player of the year. So they've had a lot of pretty good defensive players uh, during the, the course of this run. But just having another one that you can, you know, play the wing spot and then still have Draymond and maybe you don't have to ask him to do as much, but he's still there holding everything together – I think that's pretty important. The Warriors have a couple of good defensive players. Draymond, of course, has been an excellent defender. Wiggins could become a, an excellent defender. We've seen Marquise Chris have his moments defensively. As a team, though, they're dreadful defensively. That's one of the, that's the main reason they can't compete right now. They sure. have so many young players. Steve Kerr talked about it. How inexperienced the Warriors look tonight. That said, the Rockets tonight put on an absolute shooting clinic, fifty-two percent overall. They made 25 of 49 threes, and they also made 20 of 22 free throws. So that's the deal with the Rockets. When they're on, they're really tough to beat. Of course, they've had so many nights now in the last few years in the postseason where all of a sudden the shots 
stop falling. But when the shots are going in like they were tonight, they're really tough to keep up with. Yeah, they are. And look, they're they're fifth in the West, and they're a, a top ten team in the NBA, uh, playing against a Warriors team that right now is thirtieth. Yeah, and how many teams. open threes did they have from the corner? I mean, Tucker tonight was five for five on threes. Yeah, there were back to back possessions. Uh, where he was wide open in the corner for a three. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's just not knowing or being able to execute. He leads the league on corner threes the, every year. The basic game plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, because you know that's one of the things, you know, it's don't foul Harden, uh, right? It, yeah. Uh, don't don't get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Don't foul Harden on threes. Warriors did a nice job of that on Christmas in this building. Don't foul him. Don't let him live at the free throw line. And then don't allow Tucker to get the corner three. The Warriors were doing all of that tonight. Yeah. House despite a couple of days of practice. Was three for four. Covington was five for ten. And Jeff Green four for five. All of those on three pointers. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. more of Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor.com. Coming up here on ninety five seven the game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason back here inside Chase Center. Rockets beat the Warriors 135 to 105. So Golden State now 12 and 44 hmm. on the season. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. And the news before the game was uh, obviously uh, Clay Thompson officially ruled out for the remainder of the season. He will not play in any 2019-2020 games as he continues to rehab the torn left ACL. Warriors saying he's making good progress and is on track with his rehab timeline, but again, will not play uh, for the remainder of the season. A little bit of a, a surprise. Uh, I, not, not that he was ruled out, but he was ruled out on February 20th. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been saying uh, he wasn't going to play. Steve Kerr, I think, said uh, recently, even before today, he said, yeah, he, uh, he's probably not going to play. But I, I'm with you because Bob Myers had very recently left the door open. Bob Myers had uh, unprompted talked about the possibility of Clay coming back. Coming back that really uh, caught my attention, but apparently the medical decision has already been made. Look, let's just call it now. So now we know, and now we can focus on the return of Steph Curry. Let's go ahead and get to Robin in San Francisco. Robin is on ninety-five-seven. The game. Hey, Robin. Hey guys. Um, three things. Uh, the first three, if I get them in real quick, really have no substance. I just wanted to vent. I wanted to say that other than the Lakers, the Rockets are just like one team I just want to see fail. Um, uh, the second thing is um, I think that uh, um, a lot of teams want to beat up on the Warriors because it gives them satisfaction. But it really, for me as a fan, it doesn't because they're not beating up on the same team. So um, uh, that gives me some satisfaction. And then the third thing I want to point out is um, the inexperienced show tonight. Um, when you're shooting like that, whatever team is out there, it's going to be hard to win. I don't think that's sustainable ball. But I wanted to point out that I, I just got a 
problem with Pascal's game a little bit. I know that he's a rising star, this and that, but he seems to play a little bit one-on-one ball. I just don't see him... I don't see him moving. I just don't see him getting any better outside of his game, and I just can't pinpoint it. And I wanted to bring that up with you guys, probably, uh, if I'm wrong on that. But I'd like to see him, I don't know, play, play a little less iso ball maybe. I just don't know what it is about his game, but it, it just bothers me a little bit. And that's all I wanted to say to you guys, and uh, peace out. Thanks, Robin. Thank have a, you, Robin. Have a great night. Uh, the thing that I keep coming back to with Pascal's game is I like him when he's playing the four, and I know the Warriors are in a spot right now where they, they, they're down wings, and they have, you know, Kevon Looney and Smiley Geach uh, among the bigs right now, and they have Marquise Chris, and Draymond was back. So they're trying to figure out minutes for everybody, and I, I just think that Pascal's position, and when he's at his best, he is the power forward. And, I think and he's yeah. looked his best when he's been either the starting power forward or he's just playing in place of Draymond Green. If Draymond's playing on a minutes restriction or just you know maybe not playing as much because they're trying to keep him fresh, whatever it is, uh, I I think I just like him at that in that role. I think what we're seeing is a young player who is trying to expand his game before our very eyes at the highest level, which obviously is a difficult thing to do. And I think there are times when he does drive to the basket because that's what he's most comfortable doing. It's also what he's uh, most adept at. He's very skilled at that. And he had another play tonight where he went right through contact, goes to the basket. I think Harden tried to whack him. Yeah, had no chance. He just took the contact and scored. He's very good at that. Uh, We see him before every game, Robin. Uh, hours before the game, and he's out there on the floor as you know, Poole is and a lot of the young players, and they're working on dribble handoffs, and he's working on extending his game and becoming more of a perimeter player. Uh, he did have a couple of assists tonight. So I see what, you, what you're saying. I understand that. I think he, he likes to take the ball to the basket because he's good at it, but also uh, he is trying to expand his game so he can add the dimension that I think you, you're, you're saying you, you, you see is lacking right now. And I, and I just, I, I, you know, him getting a three-point shot is, you know, a, as important as anything, being more confident in that. And I think that's something he, he's shown enough, I think, to this point as a shooter to where I think he could really improve. I mean, I look at uh, maybe he's not a stretch five at any point in his career, but I, I look at a guy like P.J. Tucker, and I think, li- you know, f- I, I could see Pascal being a guy, you know, li- get to a point where you can knock down the corner three with consistency. Get, yeah. get to a point where you can knock down threes. Just Even look at the strokes right now, the, uh, compare them, and Tucker is so effortless and solid, and Pascal's really a struggle. And he took one tonight, and he made it, but that's another thing that he's working on and trying to expand. I, I think you're right, but it's just not something that's that's that easy. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Warriors wrap up here ninety five seven the game John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason Rockets beat the Warriors tonight one thirty five to one oh five as there were just two lead changes in this game the Rockets led by as many as thirty five and they win by 30 over the Warriors, who will be next in action on Sunday. Bring on Zion Williamson. Here at Chase Center with Zion Williamson in town. Let's go ahead and hear uh, from Russell Westbrook uh, after the ball game. Hmm. Uh, We were talking about the incident that got him ejected. Let's hear from Russell Westbrook on just what the heck was going on uh, in, in all of that. I hold myself to a very, very high standard, uh, but I think 
refs, the fans, media, the NBA, uh, put in a position now that I'm not allowed to really do much. Um, obviously, I'm an emotional guy, but if you watch the clip, obviously I hit leave, but it wasn't on purpose. Um, I'm going to glass, he got hit. He said something to me, I said something to him. Um, I'm standing there, the guy comes snatching the ball in my hand, the guy's coming running to me, I didn't move. Uh, but I'm always the one that gets painted to be the bad guy in the whole situation where, uh, and then like, they asked me to walk towards the Warriors bench, so I'm just over there walking to the bench. And then one of the little young fellas tell me, why you walking over here, talking mess to me, and I turn around and say, what you say? So now everybody's running over to me, then I'm walking towards the thing, then Looney steps in front of me, so it's like I'm always, I, I feel like, I'm in a position of like, oh, well, Russ is being Russ, which nobody knows what, what, what that means. Um, but I got to do a better job of holding myself accountable to a very, very high standard. Um, and I'll make sure I, I, I leave no room for error to allow somebody and people to paint me out to be a guy that I'm not. Um, I just think it's unfair, unfair though, that after all that, I'm the only one that get attacked or kicked out. That's not fair. I don't care what nobody says. Um, there's so many other people involved in it that were doing so many things that weren't okay. All right, so Russ on Russ being Russ. Which is it, Russ? You're going to hold yourself to a higher standard, or are you a victim? Which is it? I I, I think there was a lot of I'm a victim in yeah. there, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I hit Lee. Yeah, I, I hit Lee. Wasn't... So I just happened to walk over to the Warrior bench, you know, and I'm just being cool. Guy took the, the ball players. away. Guy just yeah. yelled the ball. Yeah, one of the young players says, what are you walking over here for? I said, excuse me, sir. So that's okay. I got to hold myself and to a higher Looney standard. And Looney got in the way when he yeah, tried Looney to walk away. Looney got in my way, Yes. Because everyone's so unfair to me, the media, other teams, fans. I just can't let them portray me in an unflattering light like that. I know there were a few uh, questions I had seen on Twitter. You know, it was about six minutes left in the game, and the Rockets are up thirty. Why is he even in the game? I know Mike D'Antoni was asked about that, and he said, "Hey, look, it's the first game after the All Star break. We got to play again Saturday. I'm trying to get guys in condition." Uh, so they, they were going to get a little bit more of a run than maybe they normally would mm-hmm. when a team, you know, than a team, you know, than when you're up by 30. The NBA needs players like Russ. Aside from what a great player he is, people are passionate about him. It was, I made a note of this, it was 111 to 79. Okay, there's 1048 left. It's 111 to 79. It's like, oh my goodness. Westbrook uh, drives and his drive is blocked out of bounds, and the place went crazy. Yeah, and then they inbound to him, and he ends up driving on the baseline and stepping out of bounds, and the place went nuts because, like, ha-ha, you get what you deserve, Russell Westbrook. So it's good for the game. Yeah, we've we've done this from time to time, and I think maybe we even did it on a, on a show or two uh, earlier in the year, just, you know, the – the top five guys that Warrior fans despise, and I think you know, well, a lot of them were on Team LeBron in the All Star Game. It was funny. <laughs> two of all them, teammates. Yeah. yeah, two of them were on the, the team the Warriors were playing tonight. I yeah, mean, if you're doing yeah. that, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are always going to be there. Chris Paul uh, is probably going to be there. LeBron uh, as a as a fourth is probably going to be there, and then uh, at times the fifth has been uh, up for debate. Uh, over the course of of the last few years. But uh, you know you're always going to get Russell Westbrook uh, and James Harden uh, as two of the two of the heels, right? Uh, in 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 that whenever uh, that comes up, let's get to Jay here in Santa Clara. We get to another phone call on Warriors wrap up. Jay, you're on ninety five seven. The game. Hey guys, so up, I Jay? want I want to talk about Alan Smilovich. What do you guys think about his role going to be uh, next year? 
And one more thing is uh, I heard, I saw Warriors signing Dragon Bender, and I saw his highlights, and they're really good. Like he's a really good three-point shooter. Let's say if Warriors take him for the next season, what's going to happen with Alan Smilovich? I'll take yeah. the answer from out the call. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate the call there. And yeah, the Warriors reportedly uh, they they've agreed to terms with Dragon Bender. Not official yet. He's going to sign a ten-day contract, likely to be in uniform on Sunday when the Warriors take on the Pelicans. I, I think what you have to, and he was the, what, the fourth overall pick in, yeah, in 2016. Chris was the eighth pick and Bender was the fourth and the Warriors have both of them. Yeah. Now. So and just 22 years old, uh, turned 22 November 17th. Seven so footer. He's a fresh 22. He's a, he's a seven footer. Uh, I, I, and look, the Warriors are in a position right now where, where they're able to, Take flyers and and just audition players right. essentially for next year and yeah seven footer uh, had played in seven games this year with Milwaukee right with Milwaukee and he did shoot forty four percent from three now I'm looking at at what the attempts were I guess that he was three for seven uh, anyway I'm 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 looking at I'm, I. I We'll, we'll dig up the exact numbers yeah, there. Three years in Phoenix, 5.3 points per game, 3.8 rebounds. Never came close to fulfilling uh, the potential that he had there. But if you look at Marquise Chris, it's not hard to come to the conclusion that, wow, that was not a really good environment for a young player. So maybe the Warriors can do a much better job of helping him approach his potential than Phoenix ever could. Yeah, four for nine this year from three-point range in the, in the seven games. Uh, but but somebody that has struggled to to shoot the three. But look, you're, I mean, I think the Warriors are looking for as many bigs that have different skill sets that they can have out on the floor. And this is a, just another extension of that. I don't I don't know that Alan Smiley Geach and I know Jordan Poole's name came up earlier. I don't know that Smiley Geach or Poole are are necessarily going to have a role on next year's Warriors carved out for them. I think they're going to be. You know, I've kind of put it into three categories. You know who the starters are going to be, maybe except for the center spot. You know that 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 Looney uh, and and probably Eric Pascal are going to be some semblance of uh, a bench. And then there's a couple of pieces that are going to have to to fit in a rotation. And then you're going to have some third string guys. And I think right now I'd probably put, you know, Pool and and and. Smiley Geach is guys that are going to be in the third string. Yeah, Smiley Geach is very young. Bender's 22. Smiley Geach is 19. He has an awful lot to learn still, especially at the defensive end. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. Rockets beat the Warriors 135-105. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back here inside Chase Center where the Rockets beat the Warriors 135-105. to You know, one one player, as we were running through who pencils where that, that I failed to mention and should have mentioned is Damian Lee. I think Damian Lee has a slot as Clay Thompson's backup. 
for right. next year. Yeah. I, and and sort of the way I do it, and I know we I've laid this out, so it's probably not new to you, but we'll lay it out again for the listener. You know, I have Curry and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond as the you know the first team, the starters. I think there's an open spot for the centers. I, I think Kevon Looney and Marquise Chris are going to play center minutes, assuming that they're healthy. Uh, but I, I think there will be another third center at least that will be added to that mix that's not Alan Smilagich. Uh When I look at the backup players, uh, I look at Pascal as a backup to Draymond. I look at Damian Lee as a backup to Clay Thompson. And then I have a third category of, you know, Jordan Poole, Alan Smilagich, Kai Bowman, guys that, that are all sort of – 11 to 15, let's say, on a projected roster for next year. They may have to play more if there's injuries or a lack of depth, but I think the Warriors would probably prefer to bring them along slowly. And then that sort of leaves openings, two spots in that second tier that are essentially the Livingston and Iguodala spots when you think about it, backup wing and backup point guard. Uh, and two very you can address with the mid-level, the trade exception, and the through the draft. Yeah, so so now you can start to see, and then one more big to add to the mix. So now you can start to see a little bit, given the trades of the last couple of weeks, you can start to pencil in and see sort of where the Warriors are are aiming for next right. year, as far as who's going to be around and kind of generally having some roles penciled out a little bit yeah so it really says a lot about pascal the fact that he would appear to have virtually you never know but he would appear to have virtually locked up a spot next year a legitimate spot in the rotation yeah and i I think that's important you know how he plays between now and the end of the year is is important i mean where are you on him like do you you think he's in for next year for sure because there's times where i wonder if he is or isn't i think he definitely has he does certain things that are repeatable that you can count on, and he's still improving. You know, some of the young players are so wildly inconsistent. He did hit the rookie wall, but there are certain things that I think you can count on him to do, and he started to play better. He played really well in the Rising Stars Challenge. I can't believe he didn't get the MVP award in that game, but tonight he had good numbers as well. Well, and also, on, in some ways, you'd rather see him with the full team and see how he looks with the full team. Like, he is the type of player that you would rather see with the full team as opposed to a guy it's almost harder for him to go out and and put up numbers or even tell if he's effective when he's playing with other guys that you know, for the most part, aren't going to be a part of what is a winning team. I want to see him with everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that he can give you a lot of things that the Warriors have uh, been a little bit lacking in recent seasons. So I think tremendous upside perhaps it's a little too premature as i said uh, i'm already penciling him in penning him in well, I've got him to in the high. rotation but i think there's a very good chance he'll be in there i mean i, th- I think he's in the rotation uh, it's just how much and we've seen i mean steve kerr is very liberal with with his rotation at times guys can be in for a few games out for a few games the warriors have had so much depth the last few years that that he's been able to do you know really whatever he wants he could kind of he can give a guy some run he can go away from somebody and go to somebody else and kind of keep everybody happy and engaged that way uh but i i would say he's gonna have a role next year in that top let's say i'm 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 looking at the, the the four that you know five six uh, top eight or nine. Yeah, I would think so. I, w- I would think that, that he's in there. The Warriors take the loss tonight. That drops them to 12 and 44. Where does that leave the Warriors in the old reverse standings? 
Whitey Gleason, well, they are still at the top of the reverse Comfortably, standings. right? 12 and 44, and now they have a four-game lead Ooh. in the loss column. Uh, next up is Cleveland. Cleveland at 14 and 40. Trey Young went nuts tonight, and Atlanta won, right? They beat the Heat. Atlanta beat the Heat tonight, so the Warriors now uh, just three, they're three games up on Cleveland uh, for the second spot, and then you've got Atlanta there, Minnesota is also found their way into the mix. So it's the Warriors at one, it's Cleveland at two, it's the Hawks at three. All three of those teams would have a 14% chance at the number one overall pick. And then Minnesota actually is fourth now, mm. the team that would have a 12.5% chance uh, at getting the number one pick. And then you start to get into teams like the Knicks and then the Pistons. Uh, but the Warriors in, in good shape. And again, if you if you are the team with the worst record, you're guaranteed to have no worse than the fifth pick. Yeah, but Steph comes back. Look out, right? This team could vastly improve. They could. And 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 I think everybody's looking forward to, to seeing what Steph has to offer. And I think, you know, there's some, not us, but there are some out there that are, you know, would say, well, maybe Tim Jordan. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you need to create enough of a cushion to where you can win a few once Stephen Curry comes back and still be okay. And the Warriors have found a way to maybe do that. In a weak draft, what experts at this point think is going to be a weak draft, how important is it to end up uh, in the bottom three? I, I think it, to me, guaranteeing yourself the fifth, no worse than fifth is the thing that is the most important I agree. Of it. Some have said, hey, it's a weak draft. What does it matter if you're second or third or seventh? But I think because I it's think, a weak draft, you want to get one of the best players at the top, and then it's just, whoosh, there could be nothing. And, and and to that point, you know, look, the Warriors for all the, you know, the, the Warriors love top flight draft pick talent. Just look at Dragon Bender. Yeah. Was the fourth overall pick. They're mm-hmm. taking a look at him. Look at Marquise Chris. The eighth overall pick, they're taking a look at him. Andrew Wiggins just joined this team. He was the first pick in the draft in 2014. Uh, The Warriors took a shot on Willie Cauley-Stein, who was the sixth pick of his draft. Mm -hmm. Andrew Bogut was the first pick. I mean, Andre Iguodala was a a, a very high pick when he was, you know, Sean Livingston. The Warriors have built a roster, maybe not guys that are, you know, top – picks that year because they didn't have that picks but the Warriors go when they go hunting they look for high-end talent even if it's guys that had high-end talent that wound up being role players so I think having that that high-end ability is still very very important they've still gotten great contributions from second round guys like Draymond by the way Draymond tonight you know he played yeah he had seven assists tonight you know Draymond Green this year it's been an up and down year he hasn't been fully engaged all season long he's averaging 6.2 assists which is really impressive to me because some nights nobody else on the team could even make a basket yeah I think that's really uh, impressive. And, this year. and he's really, when they've asked him to play point, yes. pushed the tempo yes. and gone Done hard. A really and good job. Really try to put his imprint uh, on the game. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Tim Jordan for setting us up out here at Chase Center. Pretty solid job by Tim Jordan. Yeah. Plus, uh, minus, uh, minus two. Alex Scott, no, he's plus six. Alex Scott and Cody Pasby back in our San Francisco studios. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Whitey, you've got the uh, weekend off as far as uh, Warriors this week, and the Warriors 
game on Sunday goes. I know you're bummed you're going to miss Zion Williamson, but uh, Jim Barnett and I will uh, have you covered. Uh, Tell Jim hi, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Sacramento here uh, to take on the Warriors. All right, that's going to do it. Rockets beat the Dubs 135-105, to 105, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.